I did one oh, thing. No. One single solitary thing. And that, my dudes, was watch Terrace House. Oh, okay. all night long. I'm into this. All night long. Like you two, are we are we talking till like the sun came up? Uh no, we're talking till like one in the morning at least, and I didn't want to stop. <laughs> it's and, a great show. I dude, it's so good. How far did you get? Uh so like Armon has come into Ooh, the my come boy into play. Armon. Yeah, he's yes. a cool cat. And then uh they have a new girl. Okay. How do you say and they're they're kind of hitting it off uh as a couple. Yeah. Now we should just maybe uh Robert, you might want to just kind of give the real quick synopsis on what Terrace House is for people that are unfamiliar. Right. So Terrace House is this Japanese reality TV show. Three guys, three girls, one house. Uh no games, no contests, no voting off the island. It's just their daily lives, seeing how they interact with each other, what relationships form, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's a commentary panel, which my wife it's, really appreciates. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're it, pretty it's, funny. So, so wait, before we move any farther, are we are we are we gonna spoil it up to the point where Jack is at? I I want to say that we're gonna talk about some Terrace House events, okay. but I also want to like endorse this show. If you have Netflix, like who doesn't have Netflix anymore? Like go check out like at least the first episode or whatever and see if it's for you. I definitely thought it was not going to be for me at all. Until and I got you were 20 episodes. In. Yeah, until I did. And I'm like real into it now. I'm just like, oh, man, I must know. I must know. It's <laughs> like it's like a soap opera. I don't know. It's I don't way know better than a me. soap opera. I really I really blame you guys for getting me on this. I'm <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself. But at the same time, it feels so good. Okay, so so, so yeah, so about, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk yeah. about it. Yeah, ask me. What do you want to? Oh yeah. Okay. So, what key points have you seen so far? Like, what are the biggest uh, happenings that you've experienced so far in the show? Uh, well, it's just weird because you get, or it's very interesting because you get like the the real world. I don't know if you guys ever watched on MTV. It's the same premise, but it's like American. But you get it in Japanese culture and just really so damn polite. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's so damn polite and everyone, yes. but also they're like brutally open and honest. They say a lot of things out loud that I don't know if Western audiences would vocalize. Yeah. I can you follow me. Like, yeah. And it's just like, Whoa, they just said that out loud. Like for instance, okay. I'm not even going to try with most of these people's names. I'm still struggling with them, but I know like what their profession <laughs> you describe are. them. I'll probably know them. Yeah. But I, I'm getting there too. I'm getting to that level. Okay. But the hairdresser dude, Uchi, Uchi. Yeah, Uchi. okay he yeah. like literally was the, all like all six of them or five of them five of them were sitting at the dinner table and he was basically like setting up dates with all three of the other girls <laughs> in front of that. everybody and he's like pointing at the girl on the right and he's like you plan our date and then he asked the other girl like are you free wednesday you know you plan our date tuesday hey are you free wednesday she's like yeah i'm free and he goes okay i'll plan our date yeah are you free thursday yeah what the, what I love about these scenes is like they the music they make the music so fucking appropriate. Like the yeah. music just cues right on time, like right on point. Yeah, they make it. They make the tense scenes even tenser in the big heavy yeah drama, big drama yeah. shows. Yeah, the the music definitely does uh, add to the atmosphere. But and then so everyone's just like okay with this. Like this dude's <laughs> like, 
uh, yeah, I'm setting up, you know, dates with all three of you women and we'll see what happens. I mean, to and be everyone's fair. just like, okay, <laughs> like what? I, d- I don't think everyone was like super okay with it. People on the show were very like, this guy for real? Is he serious? You know what I mean? It, and he was. Like, yeah, he was. But, he, but here's the, it's not like all Japanese men do this. <laughs> they, like okay, run into okay, a group well, of women. Yeah. This is like one of my, you know, lim- a part of my limited exposure of like Japanese culture. So I think it's very fascinating. I'm right. a lot to you know, Mormon. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a Japanese so, Mormon. <laughs> I thought that was really strange. He ends up going on like the dates, right? He follows yeah. through and then he like picks one, right? Like he thinks he's making his own like the bachelor or whatever. He's making his own game out of this show, you know, and then right. he picks a girl and then the girl's like, I don't really know because you just dated literally me and my two roommates <laughs> over the span of three days. So I don't know if I want to be with you like that. Um, yeah, and then I'll I, let I'll let I'll let the uh, you know the happenings after that kind of I won't say those for people that want to watch the show, but it was oh, just but, really okay, bizarre. But you, did, but you did see the part where he does does go on the dates. I saw the dates. I okay. saw yeah. I saw past that too, and then I saw like what arises from that event, right? If that makes sense, mm. if you follow me. So I'm really like more into Armon, and I'm really into uh, the new girl. I can't even remember her name. Like I'm into Marissa. their. Arissa, that's right. I'm into their like relationship and how it's working out. And it's so weird too because like all the girls talk about who they like. It's like a dating show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I mean that's not really yeah. a reality show. To call it a reality show is almost a misnomer. It's more a dating show where you yeah. date your roommates. Yeah. Because that's, that's all of, anyone cares about. That's kind of way more accurate, I think, when it comes to describing the show, because right. like, I've I've seen eighty eight episodes of Terrace House and I can confirm that it's usually all about like who who's gonna date who and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, and and to make it kind of timely, I think like last Tuesday, uh, the last part of Aloha State, the like the next terrace house like location, mm-hmm. the last part of that dropped last Tuesday, and I binged it all of last week. Oh, and of wow. course, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it might be some of the best TV I've ever seen. What? <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Okay, I think uh, yeah, and honestly, when now that you say that, I think that's probably the one big criticism that i have about the show is that not that i have a problem with it being about dating because that stuff you know it's interesting and and you know whether or not you know someone goes out with someone else is always you know it's always like okay i want to see the next episode and see if this happens or not you know but it would have been cooler if they did a lot more stuff following the characters and their jobs or like their you know what i mean or their personal lives like I think they give uh, Yuki the tap dancer. I think they give him like one scene where he actually tap dances, one or two scenes. Yeah, and he was good too. You that's know? what I'm but, saying. He's insane. <laughs> that's the thing, though. He was trying to he was trying to mack on pretty much all the girls. He was really focused, though. Okay, I do want to talk about this. He really was focused on Yuriko. Is that her name? Yeah, uh, the nurse. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, she's in med school. Like, I I didn't know she's gonna be a nurse, but she's still like, you know, gonna have a bright future in the medical field you know but i'm like bro she's probably not gonna date a professional tap dancer yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like if she's in medical school you know what i mean so well, he's shooting a little you bit see how all that transpired i did and that's what okay. i want to kind of bring up too so minor Ooh, okay. spoilers here yep. as well like wow she kind of played him hard like she, they were talking yeah. about this restaurant called the blue note <laughs> and she's like oh yeah and she's like oh i'd love to go to the blue note but it's so expensive right and she didn't go she didn't one of the commentators pointed out like she didn't say i want to go with you she just said i want to go <laughs> Bro, to the blue she note did, 
He did my boy Yuki so oh, dirty. Yeah, it was rough. It was brutal. And then so they, they finally go on the date, and he's like trying to, like I said, trying to mack on her. He's trying to date her. And uh, she waits till they're done eating. <laughs> waits, you know what I mean? Waits till they're about to Dude, leave they- the restaurant <laughs> the whole time scene. and then says, oh, I'm getting back with my ex. Yep. Like, <laughs> Dude, you just see all the life at his eyes just disappear. I, yeah, but he and played all the it air off. just gets sucked out of him. Dude, he and played he's it just off like, well, um, though, man. He's like, it's it's been a good day. Like, yeah, oh, he's like, God, you poor soul. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, gosh. Like, man. Like, and you know what I'd be doing? I'd be like, single hey. tear. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know, we're splitting this check, right? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> how, uh, how many drinks did you get again? Like, there's no way. There's no way, man. He got played. Oh, yeah, dude. Just, he just fucking ripped out his heart and stomped on it. It was super hard to watch. It legitimately was hard to watch. I think the hardest one for me to watch of that is the whole Costco thing. You guys remember that? Oh, I Where, haven't been there oh, yet. No, I'm only wait, no. like mm-hmm. I'm only episode thirteen. Is no, it no, you, you've seen it. We're we're like oh. the tap dancer. He asks like Yuriko, "Hey, let's go out on another date," and she's like, "Oh, we should go to Costco with everyone else." No, he asked <laughs> for, uh, Arissa. What? What? No, he, he wasn't Yuriko that he asked. He asked Arissa. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. I'm telling you, Robert, I, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Oh, I could have sworn that yeah. was with Yuriko. Okay. Well, oops. <laughs> okay. So all Japanese women look the same to Robert. Yeah. No, I'm the one that's that's like that for sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, dude. I mean, you still haven't. Dude, just wait. Just wait. There's, there's some shit. Just, just something. They're, they're, just wait for the meat stuff. You'll, you'll see. Dude, yeah. I what? could not get off the couch. It was a problem. <laughs> It was a problem. Have you gotten the theme song stuck in your head yet? Uh, maybe, maybe not. It's uh, a great song. I definitely have. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it the same song? Is it the same thing in Aloha? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad it doesn't switch. I would be disappointed. Uh, I think the name of the song is Le- is no. The name of the band is Lights Follow. The name of the song is Slow Down. Slow down. Yep. So uh, it's time to yeah. slow down. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to that song. So I don't know. Uh, maybe we should start the show. Yes, now. we should probably get into this. So welcome to episode 18 of the Tiny Dust Podcast. We can now legally vote. Uh, it's a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarpanito, and I'm joined here by Jack Cepeda. When all this seems like it's okay, and all <laughs> we feel is day to day, we're on replay. That's really bad, but that's yeah. the song. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Colin Sparling. So can we go to Costco after this? Oh God! <laughs> with everyone? <laughs> like not just with you on a, anything like a date? <laughs> so a couple disclaimers at the top of this episode: uh, Colin and I are recording in the same room, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to affect the recording at the end, and I apologize for that if it's noticeable. Uh, so I guess we should probably let you guys know next week. We're probably going to do a Blade Runner 2049 sequel, uh, not sequel, spoiler cast. So if you're planning on watching it this weekend, tune in next week for the end of our episode. We're going to talk a lot about our thoughts, emotions, comments, concerns, questions on Blade Runner 2049. My feels. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And to prep for that, uh, Colin let me borrow his copy of Blade Runner and I watched it for the first time this weekend, this past weekend. Oh, it's uh, worth noting. It's the final cut, by the way, because there's like seven different. Ah, uh, yeah, movie. that's right. a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to my understanding, you two have already seen the film, right? Before I talk about this, I do want to give one more disclaimer. As you can probably tell from poor Robert's uh, larynx sounds, there. If he, if you need any beats to get sicker, Robert can cough on them for you. Just uh, yes. email us, and we'll make that beat 
super sick for you. So feel better, man. I hope you get better. Eat some ramen or something. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you two have seen Blade Runner, the original film, right? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, like, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, six times, Colin, if I remember right, at least. Yeah, six or seven times at this point. I, I, like, I didn't actually see it until like a few months ago, and then I just decided to sit down and watch it one day after hearing so much about it, and I knew the sequel was coming out, so I sat down and watched it and just fell in love with it. And then I bought a Blu-ray, and I've been just watching the shit out of it since. So right. my experience with this, with this movie is that, of course, I heard everyone talking about it. You hear the name referenced all the time. Ridley Scott, Harrison Ford, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, all right, I got to check this out. So I don't remember if I rented it or what, but I did watch it once, and I've only seen it once. And then I was like, okay, that was a cool movie. And then I never watched it again, just because it's kind of like a, it's kind of heavy film. Like, yeah. I don't feel like it's one of those films you can, like, it's kind of some heavy lifting, especially at the end. So, I don't know if you could sit there and, like, watch it, like, multiple times in a week. I think that's kind of a big ask. But I respect the film tremendously. I'm very much looking forward to the new one. And, uh, no, we can talk about it, though. I can share my uh, my thoughts. Yeah, so I guess okay. uh, light spoiler warning on the OG Blade Runner. If uh, That's been out for 35 years. Yeah, yes. so mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that and you're, for some reason, going to be mad about spoilers, just let you know I- right off the top. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to watch it, though, before the first movie. Because if you see oh, yeah. reviews for the new Blade Runner, like, wow, They're this is like, amazing. Yeah, it's being touted yeah. as one of the best movies of the year, which I'm not surprised because uh, their director, I, I can't even say his name, Villeneuve. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he is, it's you know, responsible Villeneuve. for Sicario, for The Arrival. Like, you know, he does really good quality stuff. And he's a Blade Runner super fan like super fan of the, of the of the first film so i think that you know uh, it doesn't surprise me that this movie is turning out good so we'll see but i don't know what what uh i know that you kind of dropped some uh some shade a little bit robert when we yeah. kind of brought this up earlier oh boy. yeah oh boy. so i'm honest robert <laughs> Girl Honestly, loins. so i've seen the first film and it's just okay it's not the best in my opinion I, I get where it's coming from. I get like how how it's become such a touted film because it's definitely one of those films you can watch it over and over again and it still feels like a whole new movie. You know, like every time you see it, it's something new. It's something different. You notice different things. You pick up on different story beats. But I think as like a, a like blockbuster recommendation or just like a movie to watch, like it's not a popcorn movie by any means. I don't no, think no, it's no. I really? don't think it's a fun movie to watch. The first movie? No, there are so okay. many there are so many shots of like people flying in cars and like long panoramic shots of like the skyline and it's like I don't give a shit about that. I really don't. Hmm. Um and I think OC, That's I, where we differ. I like the artsy shots. Okay. <laughs> See, for okay. me it's like I like them, but there were so many it felt like padding instead of like adding to the hmm. film if that makes sense. I, I can't agree with that. I'm sorry. But See, keep going. Okay. I don't know if I can even let him keep going, though, Colin. Okay. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, I have to, real quick, I just have to say, like, maybe you're looking at this film through the lens of 2017. Yes, that's true. I am. Which you can't help because this is the first time you're seeing it. And I didn't see it until the early 2000s myself. But you might be feeling a sense of deja vu with this film, especially with those long landscape shots and establishing shots and all that. And the atmosphere, you're like, Oh, this looks like X, Y, Z that I've seen all over the place. The important, and you're not in your head. Yeah. So the important thing to remember and to, 
think about when you're watching this film is that none of that shit existed back in 1982. This is like the first time something this beautiful like was on film. Right. Yeah. And and I can give it its respect for that, but like I also know that I'm watching this now like it's hard for me to recommend it to people nowadays because I feel like there are so many other movies that do this kind of thing. If that makes sense. Like it to me it's more touted as a classic rather than like a recommended movie to watch. Like you have to appreciate classics I think to enjoy it more. And I see yeah. both of you grimacing at that thought. Go ahead, Colin. And, yeah. Uh, um so no, I see where you I see where you're coming from, but this is like I I think if if you're a person that's going out of your way to watch Blade Runner at this point, like especially me, like going in, I had heard about it several times. I know like the reputation around it. I know how it's like the OG, right? It's it's the reason why we have things like Ghost in the Shell, why we have things like Cowboy Bebop, why we have, you know, a million other sci-fi related movies and other things. Um and knowing that, but still sitting down and watching it with these very high expectations and still being blown away, especially by the special effects for the time, was like incredible. So like even even if you watch just a little bit of the, the behind the scenes stuff and what Ridley Scott did with practical effects for that film is fucking insane. And like the level of work and the and the and the amount that just went into that movie, even Philip Philip K. Dick who wrote the book. Uh, that this film is based on was like holy shit this is exactly how I envisioned, envisioned the book when I wrote it not a great book though just watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> you've read the book no I just know the book's not good oh wow <laughs> yeah it's not it's not like the movie very much oh well yeah uh, do androids dream of electric sheep it, mm-hmm. it's not it's the movie's kind of its own thing it's kind of they share the same universe but they tell their own stories right yeah, so think know. of the book almost as like, you know, an aside to it. But, I mean, right. it, to say that the film is beautiful is an understatement. I mean, it was selected right. for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress because it was deemed to be culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Like, not every movie gets that, mm-hmm. you know? And, again, right. you have to look at it with your 80s eyes, right? I mean, to come out in the middle of the year, 1982, and... Right. look like that i mean where where else are you going to see also like like filmmakers at, and actors like kind of at the at their prime like all working so harmoniously like Ridley scott still one of his most complete films and that's coming from him saying that and then you have obviously harrison ford at the peak of his popularity uh rutger hauer probably one of his most if not his most absolute iconic role as the villain sean young has she went completely batshit crazy insane, <laughs> um, you know, ever since. But, like, she's very respected for her role and her performance uh, in this film. And I don't know. I just think I just think it really is, like, a celebrate. It, it is a movie to celebrate. and But not to, like, sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to watch yeah. uh, Blade Runner, you know. But it's really to just, I don't know. It, it reminds me of a Christopher Nolan movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's, it's not a... It's not an easy watch. Like you said, it's not a popcorn film. It's not a movie you sit down and you're like, man, this is going to put me in a, you know, a great mood. You know, this is going to like, I mean, well, to a degree, I I mean, I like the aesthetic of it so much that it does kind of like relax me to watch a film like that, I guess. But like, it's definitely a challenging movie uh, on, a, on a level of like the narrative and the themes, I guess. And, and it is a lot of, uh, I mean, not a lot of, they throw a lot of lore at you for sure. So dark gritty fucking rainy neon yep. 
Yeah. In Los cyberpunk. Angeles, yeah, oh, cyberpunk so noir, noir film. A, I, yeah, dude, was... I love the like the whole aesthetic, the whole vibe of the movie. It's one of those <sighs> movies where like I could just put it on in the background just to have like I just want the images on my screen. While Rick I'm doing Deckard, stuff. you know, we're actually yes. coming up to the point in reality where the movie takes place. You know, it's right. it takes Three place years. November 2019. <laughs> yeah, we're not that far off. Uh, but dude, even the dude's name, Rick Deckard, is just like. I don't know. I just think I think this game this game. I think this movie just does a lot of right things and I just think it it's something that if you consider yourself a big film fan a fan of film this is something that's like pretty much required viewing for yeah. me. Like right up there with, you know, kind of the original Star Wars trilogy uh type thing. Not to so. mention that that the speech, the touted speech at the end by Rudger Hauer, which was yeah. written by himself. It wasn't part of the script. You no, wrote that final yeah, yeah, that final speech he gives before he uh, he dies. You're right. He uh, yeah he improvised that and is considered widely to be one of the greatest improvised scenes in cinematic history too. So won't spoil what he says or how he says it, but right. you should check out the movie for yourself. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a really big fan of just the way it looks, the costume design, the makeup. I mean, you got Zora in her transparent raincoat. <laughs> you got yeah, and then you got really Pr- Pris's unforgettable you know kind of like dark eyes when she's going to strangle him out but with her thighs yeah (laughs) so so wait wait i haven't asked robert this yet but Uh. do you think rick deckard is a replicant hold on that's like the larger question of the whole film do we even want to answer for sure but i mean should we talk about that because that's kind of like that's spoiler territory yeah that's not really spoilery though because it's not it's never it's never really answered technically outright. Yeah. Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be in the sequel. But Could will be. it be though? I mean, do we want to get deep into why it I'm not really sure. Okay. I I, yeah, I mean, let's, I let's, let's he, leave that question. Let's leave that question okay. right now. We can yeah, bring well, that I, up maybe in the spoiler cast, right? Next week. Uh, yes. I think it yeah. is, but that's very, very <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I mean I, I need to see the movie again to even come up with an opinion. For me, I mean, this is an answering to the replicant question, but I think, like, I just, I really do hope that the sequel is, like, way better, just because I felt like the storytelling in the original one was very, like, slow, very kind of, it, it felt very slow-paced, you know, it just took forever to get, like, a story beat across, if that makes sense. No, and, I mean, <clears throat> I will kind of give you that, it's, it's, it's not like hitting you in the face with plot points either. You kind of right. have to like pay attention and you pick up on very, very subtle shit um, that I, it, it, like I said, it just doesn't hit you in the face. Like, like movies nowadays do. It's not like, Oh, Hey, look, important yeah. plot. it's kind of yeah. like, you know, they kind of like, Oh, we're going to put this little thing in the background or like, Hey, we're going to allude to a different things by just kind of putting this there. Like, yeah. There's shit. That, I mean, there's people still doing analyses on these, this movie to, to this day and finding new shit. People like, raised on Michael Bay films need not apply. Basically. Like if you want, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you want like endless explosions and shit and fucking lens flares and Optimus prime and all that, like this isn't that kind of movie, you know, which right. is what I appreciate about it because I just feel like those movies are dime a dozen name, like, you know, name movies that remind you of blade runner. There aren't that many that I can name off the top of my head. Which is why I love it uh, now. Now this did influence its own whole genre, you know. Afterwards, that that spans across cinema. You know, it goes to comics, it goes to video games. Certainly, computer games mm-hmm. have have massively been influenced by Blade Runner. Uh, Natural anyone? 
Exactly, on the Sega CD. Um, one of the most expensive and rarest uh, Sega CD games ever to come out. Directed by Hideo Kojima from yes, Kojima sir. Productions. Um, yeah, he uh, basically ripped off of Blade Runner a uh, whole cloth. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and made a whole and made an adventure game, and it's a pretty sick ass game uh, if right. you can find a copy. But but uh, I'd love to play it. You never played it? No, I've never. Oh, played it. it's I'd good, dude. It. It's good. But you got to love adventure games though, because it's one adventure ass adventure game. Uh, so there's not a lot of action in it, but it is basically Blade Runner the game. So I mean, I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there you could check it out. Oh, I, I think it's a great it. game though. I love the music too. So anything with Kojima. Yeah. But to um, to compensate though, so I will say about the new movie so the the youtuber that I, I was talking about before happy console gamer who's like who basically gave me the idea of watching blade runner in the first place he, he just talked about it so damn much um well he does like uh he has like his film fury which is uh his re- his movie review channel on the side which with victor lucas from uh electric playground anyway they, they got to see the movie early and they're giving it really really high reviews like they're they're saying that it's amazing um, and they're saying, and he said while he was in the theater, he was in the theater with a critic who said he fucking hated the first Blade Runner and hmm. he loved the new movie. Well, I so. mean, the problem with like, you know, putting the movie up on a pedestal a week before it even comes out is now I have all these high expectations. Whereas before right. I didn't before I was just like, I wonder if it's going to be any good. And then hopefully I'll be surprised. Now I'm like, oh, this fucking better be good or it's going to be a letdown now. But I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to still come at it with measured expectations uh and see what they see what they do because i'll be honest with you like the idea of a new blade runner movie is very exciting however the trailers and the reality of it i'm more worried than anything else i'm not i'm not a big jared leto fan i've already come you know mentioned that several times on the show and i just think harrison ford's is just he's way too weird now like he just plays harrison he doesn't he doesn't even after watching episode seven yesterday, I was like, yeah, Harrison Ford, he just plays Harrison Ford now. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't he's really sm- play a character. He smoked his brain cells into oblivion, man. So, oh, God, I love, <laughs> dude, bless his heart, though, man. I fucking love Harrison Ford. Bless that man. Bless that man. I agree with yeah. you. So, yeah, let's 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 go on. Though. Let's let's move on. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about Blade Runner for a while. Uh, let's move Deserved. into. I'm not sure. Uh, talking about video games this week. So, Jack, you want to hit us off? Talk about what you've been playing? I gamed, guys, all yeah. weekend. I have played more games this weekend than I can remember in a long time. Uh, first of which was Cuphead. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. Isn't that like an old Mickey Mouse cartoon? Uh, basically, it's Steamboat <laughs> Willie, the video game. But Cuphead, right, right. guys. Studio MDHR uh, just got released September 29th. Uh, it's basically if you take those old, old historical cartoons like Steamboat Willie, like I said, like black and white, uh, on film, um, real low frame rates, but a lot of character in the animation, in, in the animation and everything. It's basically that slash Contra. Okay. Or Gunstar Heroes kind of in a way. And the game is hard. Okay. And that's kind of one of the, uh, tenants that it that it goes upon like people want you to struggle with this game the developers um i should know it was directed and produced by the uh molden Howard brothers chad and jared uh and man they took their sweet ass time with this game too it took it was like delayed and delayed and delayed but man it looks stunning it's i've never seen a game look like this i've never even honestly i can probably say i've never even seen a game attempt to look and sound like this game does 
right. and it nope. and it is a it is a feat. It is a technical feat, and it also is just like beautiful, stunning, artistic work. So I really I really don't know what else to say about it. I don't want to say too much because the game just came out, but I spent about three hours or so to get through the first level. What? And I was uh, yeah, and I was not the first level, but the first world. Okay. So the first world has like five or six sub levels, but I spent a good long half hour on some of those levels. Uh, and and it's interesting too because it has an overworld a la Super Mario World, right, on the Super Nintendo, uh, or Super Mario Three on the NES. But it also has like a mini boss rush mode, okay? Because in the overworld, you're only going to get maybe two full fledged levels, which even the levels are still pretty short in their own right. But right. then the rest of it are just like bosses. Like you don't have to go anywhere. You just go to the spot on the map, fight this boss. And then you are collecting coins to upgrade weapons. And I think the upgrades are pretty interesting. And they add new uh, gameplay elements to the overall experience. Uh, now, nah, I'm. what do you guys want to know? Uh, I'm playing on PC. I'm playing it with the uh, Xbox One Elite controller. Having a good time. That's good. Uh, oh, man. You're elite. <laughs> so, elite. I guess the question that I think out of everyone's mind. Uh, during the tutorial, did it take you 15 minutes to figure out how to jump over that one obstacle that I've seen in videos? Huh? Like Do you not to, know what I'm no. referencing? Oh wait, like to uh, like oh so in the game you if if something's pink you can like bounce off of it or you can also okay. do an air dash. Is that what you're talking about? No, no. There was there was this one journal a games journalist who huh. posted a, viv- a video of him taking of him like taking 15 minutes just to like figure out how to air dash. Oh, it was really it's one button cringy to figure <laughs> like to watch that video. That's funny. Oh, let me save your guys your guys sweet asses too, by the way. If you do plan on playing this game, first thing you need to do is go into the settings and change the controls. The default control. Oh, really? Yes, you have if you plan on playing this game, you simply must change the controls. The controls they have are not great and not optimal. They waste space and they just make the game harder. It makes it a lot harder to play if you just use the default controls. So you really need to have the air dash on one of the triggers. Whichever one's comfortable for you, because that way you can run, shoot. I'm sorry, you can run, shoot, jump, and dash without taking your, you know, your thumb off of the run and shoot button. Does that make sense? Right. So you need yeah. the dash. The dash is normally on Y or X, whatever the top button is on Xbox. You really need. So you have to like choose which one you want to do. You really need to move that to a trigger. So pro tip: do that first, and the game will be so much easier. And I was getting, and I improved a lot after I discovered that. And I just said to myself, like. Like, I didn't even read anything on it. I just said, man, this control sucks. Can I change it? And I did. And I was like, oh, that's so much better. So you, we just usually trust developers to know, you know, how it best should be played. But this is one case where they absolutely got it wrong. Okay, So based you know, on based on your time in the game, like how much play time do you think you could get out of this? Like 20 hour game? Uh, yeah, I don't know how long. the I don't know how long the game is, but the first world took me three hours. I expect every other level to just get harder and harder and harder. And there is like a uh, new game plus mode, I want to say, or like higher difficulty, like right. pro pro modes and stuff. So I, I think you get your gameplay. out of it. it is $20. If I didn't say that before, it's on Steam and it's on Xbox, Xbox exclusive. Ooh. Uh, and they're also talking. I saw in the news that they were going to have it release on PlayStation. I want to say like around January or December, January, they're uh, no longer doing that. Uh, Microsoft is ponying up, and they're going to make it exclusive on the Xbox through the middle of next year, at, at the very least. So it might oh, even so be longer. Oh, so it is a timed exclusive. Yeah, but now they're talking about extending that now because the game is really good, and the reviews are really hot for it. So I look yeah, forward to Xbox playing more. Xbox don't have shit. Right, I and mean, they need this. They Now they have Player Unknown as well. Yeah, and Microsoft's in right. talks of actually extending Player Unknown's 
timed exclusivity mm. as well. That's all they guys, got, guys. We need this. Yeah. They're like, Crackdown is late. We need something, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now that we've checked our player unknown uh, mention off for this episode, uh, have you been playing anything else pretty cool, interesting? <sighs> I got that SNES. I know you like when Ooh, people say SNES, Colin. SNES. <laughs> Uh, I, like I know, that. but here's the thing, though. Like, I've been horrible. Like, ever since I said that, I've been catching myself saying it, ter- and oh. it's terrible. I've just kind of punched myself in the face. And I've time. caught you saying that too. And I've just realized, like, yep. am I a SNES guy or am I an SNES guy? And I most definitely I'm an am, SNES guy, but I keep saying it. I most definitely am, and will forever be an SNES guy. So, got that, guys. That tiny little, sweet, cute little tiny console in the palm of your hands. Twenty-one nice games. Yep. First thing I did was I unlocked Star Fox Two. Uh, but I'll wait, admit, wait, I, wait, unlocked. Like it's locked away when you buy yeah. it. Yeah. You have, yeah, you to, have to beat yeah. the first level of star Fox uh, and uh, then you can play. So it's not hard to unlock, right? But right. you do have to, you can't just like boot up right out of the box and get it, which I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's cool. Start first level star Fox is iconic and fun. Uh, so I went through and just kind of, you know, played a little bit of every game and, I don't know. Do we do we need to go down the roster of games? Like I don't really think. No, that's we, we, did, that a, we yeah. did that in a previous episode. Yeah. So it's got twenty one of some of the greatest games in history, people. Okay, and I definitely recommend if you can find one. There's supposed to be some on shelves, but you know what? I'm not seeing any. I'm not hearing any. And the um, eBay prices for the SNS Classic are pretty high still. Yeah. As as a Craigslist. So all this talk, you know, all this promise, like oh, you'll we're making so many more, you'll be able to get one. Like it's not necessarily proven true. Uh, we'll see just because, you know, it is the first week it's out how how uh, Nintendo does kind of make good on those promises they made earlier. Uh, but I wanted to play all the games until I got to Final Fantasy VI. And you guys know uh, how I feel about that game. And hearing that music on my brand new soundbar that I got with like DTSX, like Atmos surround, it was like an experience. So I played, oh, a good solid four hours of Final Fantasy VI. From the beginning, Ooh, boy. and I definitely plan on probably beating it <clears throat> probably for the eighth or ninth time. I don't know. It's wow. so fun. It's well, such question, a great game. Question about that version, actually. Is it like the actual SNES SNES version or like the shitty iPhone port or whatever? No way. How dare you ask that question? I just thought I'd <laughs> confirm. No way. Uh, it is nah, absolutely man, it's Final Fantasy 3. It is the absolute quintessential, essential, and quintessential. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> version of that game it is the one to play if anyone is going to play final fantasy 6 they need to play it the snes version over all other versions uh, the ps1 version is sucky because it loads every time you cast a spell like seriously <laughs> like there's load time <laughs> right. every time you enter a, a battle which is thousands of times in these games and every time you cast a spell there's like a little load that you can hear the discs like you know spinning and shit it's really shitty uh yeah, the Game Boy Advance version has, you know, its merits, I guess, if that's your only way, but it's not the optimal way to play again. So I just fell into that hole. Um, but we can, you know, I, I'm sure I'll continue to play that and talk about that going to the future. I, I would love to um, experience all the joint majesty of that game once again. Um, right. I still think it's probably the greatest uh, RPG ever made, in my opinion. So And, well, and also it reaffirmed our... Uh, pick for the best villain in video games guys like that's a real Ah. big reason why i want you to play this game because kefka is so good man he has so much fun and early on in that game and man he he is absolutely like hammered in it's like the best villain in video games after after playing again another four hours so uh yeah i'm I'm wanting to get that call man are you gonna get 
I'm waiting to get that call from my retro game store. Be like, hey, we just got a box and you want one? Because that's what happened <laughs> with the NES. You got a guy. I got Is a that guy. You're saying? You got a guy. Multiple guys. So you're in the market. Robert doesn't seem too enthused. Yeah, I don't plan on getting this. I think, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm not one for nostalgia. Nostalgia doesn't really get me that hard. Wait, uh, wait in 20 years. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, you'll be like, in 20 years, you'll be like, Divinity 2. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, I don't have really any nostalgia for any of these games. Because, I mean, I've never really played Final Fantasy VI, at least not when I was younger. Right. Um, Shit, I, Mar- Super Mario World. I got when I was a little bit older. But, I mean, I don't think any of those games on that list I really have any nostalgia for. I just know that they're, I mean, they're good. And yeah, you just want to be fair. part of, you just want to experience gaming yeah. back then. Of course. You want to see what shit what arose before, uh, what was the predecessor to the Nintendo 64. So are you guys big Nintendo 64 fans? Um, well, yes. Um, to the, to, just to the degree of, I would probably say Zelda. I mean, not that I'm not a fan of the console. I'm just saying, uh, in terms of nostalgia. Um, but I probably have the most nostalgia for like, PS1, original Xbox, GameCube. Yeah. Robert, not I, a big 64 I've, guy? I've never I've never owned a 64. I mean, I've been to people's houses like when I was a kid and like played, you know, like Smash or like that that one Pikachu game where you can like talk to Pikachu or whatever. I don't remember it. Uh, oh, hey, hey you, Pikachu. hey you, Pikachu. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, GoldenEye, uh, Ocarina of Time, all that. Oh, wait, shit. I forgot. Uh, Pilot Wing 64 was a big one for me. Mm. And Wave Race 64. I can't even remember Pilot Wing 64. That was really a thing? Yeah. I can't even remember that game. I bet it sucks. Don't they, don't they have uh, uh, Pilot <laughs> Wings for the SNES on the Classic? Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually... I was actually thinking, like, wow, I'm surprised Pilot Wings is not on this. It was a launch game. Yeah. Uh, and it was a showcase for for uh, for uh, Mode 7 graphics, right? Right, Mode 7. But, yep. but it's not on the SNES Classic. And I, I got to wonder, because... I think they probably have analytics from the Nintendo eShop that most people get stuck on the same level, which is like the, uh, it's real early in the game too, but uh, it's the jetpack level. The controls are real shitty and it's not a good experience. So I'm wondering if maybe they saw those numbers like, hey, maybe we shouldn't put this on here because no one likes this game (laughs) (laughs) and no one can get past the third level like 10 minutes into the game. So it's my, it's, I'm purely speculating though. Um, but yeah, man, I'm going to continue to play that. It's so damn cute. It's so small. So tiny. I love it. I love it. It's great. And That's so, yeah, great. so you would think a normal week, that'd be the last game I, I played, but no, I'll go quickly. Cause I know we're taking up a lot of time here, but I did play golf story on the Nintendo switch and I am hype on it. And I love the character so far. If you take the graphics of earthbound mother, mother right. two, right. And you put a you put it in a universe where golf is life, golf ball is life. <laughs> kind of and like how Pokemon fighting is life. life in Pokemon. Exactly. This is a world of golf, and uh, it's so good. The music, <laughs> the music is great. It's very um, appropriate for the atmosphere. It's very childlike, very innocent. Lots of character. The characters are very distinct, and they serve the story well. I'm only about two hours in. But it is certainly a story about golf. And the most important thing is that the golf is fun because you actually are playing like, you know, full rounds, nine holes, 18 holes, different golf courses, different obstacles. Uh, you know, you're you're building up your character to have better 
accuracy, better spin, better stats, better power to hit the ball. So that's where the RPG element comes into it. Uh, let's like, see. I, I have to ask, mm-hmm. is is it like, do you have a rival? Are there party members? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. How does I don't work? know about party members yet. There isn't any kind of turn-based battle like that, though. Your battles are in are in golfing and like okay. dueling. But I've only. But I've. I'll say this. I've quote unquote beat five other people at golf, but I've only played one actual game of golf. The way I because it's, there's a lot of variety in the game because okay. the storyline is very organic. It's actually really refreshing. There's not a lot like this that I can think of. It's not like, okay, time to fight. This is how we fight. Okay, time to, you know, time to level is how we level. It's nothing like that. It's like every every encounter and experience I've had is unique and been its own thing. Huh. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's more golf to be had, obviously. It's early on in the game. But I'm interested to see if the game can keep up with this level of variety because it keeps the game very fresh. You never get like, oh, I'm just golfing again. Oh, I've got to golf this guy now. got to golf this guy. It's not exactly like that. I don't want to spoil it. It's uh, $15. Uh, what else can I say about the game? It came out on the Nintendo Switch uh, September 28th, so it's another brand new game by Sidebar Games. Right. Uh, there is single player. There is multiplayer as well, so that can be really fun. Yeah, and uh, it takes, you know, it has very simple <clears throat> very simple golf mechanics. It's by no means like a Tiger Woods simulator or something like that. <laughs> it's very simple controls, very arcade-like. What I love about it, though, like when you're um, – it's very easy – um, when you have the ball real close to the hole, obviously you're just going to putt it. You're going to tap it in, but right. still the animation is like the dude takes a full swing, <laughs> like a full fledged, <laughs> like hard as he can possible swing, but the ball just goes tink <laughs> and just goes, it, but it's just, it's just funny because you never see a game where they just go, Hoo-ya! you know, and the ball yeah. just goes, go real- to your hole. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it just adds character to it. So I, I can recommend the game. It's good. I've played about an hour and a half, two hours of it so far. I will continue to play. I think it's a perfect game for Switch because it's mm. it's a great portable game. It's a great game to play on the run, um, but then also translates well when I put it on my giant projector here at home and sound system and stuff. It's 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 fun. So that's yeah. Golf Story. Yeah. Uh, any other questions before I move the the last and final game I played this I mean, week? I, I just I just want to understand. Is it like you're walking down the street or whatever? You see a dude and you know you guys talk and then he's like, "Well, I'll golf you for this or whatever," and then the screen just kind of like shakes and you know they play the pokemon right, battle theme pokemon, yeah, and, then, and then it goes so no, it goes to a golf field it's not like that at all it's like i said it's like a world it's a world of golf so you go to the driving ranges you go to the putting greens you go to other golf courses you go to the clubhouse on the golf course it's like it's own it's a world of golf it's you go to the club like the the uh the shop right to buy and upgrade gear like there's different settings and also like for instance there's a uh, one woman she's worried because her son has headphones on and he's on a uh one of those tubes right like out in the water and she's worried that he can't hear her and she's calling him to come back to shore because uh an alligator is going to eat him <laughs> and there is an alligator there and there is an alligator there so your job is to drop the ball right wherever you want and then hit the ball and hit him to get his attention so that you know that that he doesn't get that, eaten by an alligator that's pretty amazing actually yeah no that's it's cool like that. yeah it's very charming very cool little tiny things like that and they keep happening and they're all different and they're all unique so I, like i said i'm having a good time with the game and i'm excited to see where the story goes i'm into the story and the tutorial is so cool i hope it doesn't end up sad i have no idea but the tutorial is you're a even littler kid 
and you're being taught how to play golf by your dad and it's like a flashback and so uh, that's how you learn mm. the mechanics of the game and that's, that, cool. that's not necessarily a spoiler that's like right in the first you know minute of the game so yeah like i'm, I'm excited there's nothing like it and i think yeah, it's the a only great thing idea. that would make the only thing that would make this game better is if you're playing a shia labeouf i wholeheartedly agree <laughs> Do what it. was that? Go- what was that <laughs> golf movie where you with Shia LaBeouf in it? What uh, is this a real? It was thing? a golf movie. Uh, yeah, bro. I remember because he was wearing a uh, uh, what do you call those hats? A beret? A beret? Those uh, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? I swear, dude, no one believes you on this show. Where there were, it was, yeah, there were. It was. I'm gonna look it up afterwards. But there, there <laughs> wow. was golf, and Shia LaBeouf was in the movie. It takes place in like the fucking 30s. Colin, come what back to us. Come back to hell? us on Earth. All right, all right. I'm gonna find this movie. Unless I'm just, I, I could be just, I could be thinking about him in something else. But I oh, swear, Robert, man overboard, man. Oh God, okay. <laughs> save us from this. What, save us what's from that this other game, Jack. That you wanted to talk about? Well, we talked about right the top ten time sinks, time suckers of all time, and we brought up City Skylines, and I was like, damn it, I bought that game when it was on sale, super cheap. I know it's great, but I haven't really spent enough time and ever played it. So, oh, I just decided to take, oh, the better part of probably 11, 12 hours Sunday and, like, fall into a huge City Skylines hole, man. Like, I played so many video games. It's crazy. Um, I played so many video games this weekend that I bit the bullet and I bought a desk treadmill. <laughs> that will be here in a few days because I'm like, I'm going to die if I just keep doing this. Like, I need to, like, move and walk, actually. Just to, there you is know, a movie. There is a life. fucking golf movie. With God, shut up, Colin. Are you serious? You're bringing that up again? I want to name right the, now. It's called The Greatest Game Ever Played. I'm not sure if that's By true. By who? By who directed what? it? Okay. It, oh, is, no. it is directed by... By Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. What the hell hole are we falling into Seriously, right now? Seriously, dude. This, all right, I don't know the movie. I already tell it sucks. Bill Paxton and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but it's the greatest game ever played. Please no. Please it's a Disney no. movie. It was released in 2005. Direct-to-video. And why the fuck did you just remember it, Colin? Yeah, what are you doing with <laughs> your life? I didn't even actually see it. I just remember seeing previews for it. But the idea of a young Shia LaBeouf playing what's his name Francis We Met, I think that's who you pronounce it, and in, in, in this golf movie that plays takes place in like the 30s, it's just such a novel idea to me. It's so great. All right, it's can like, you put your shirt back on before you start describing yeah, this stop, movie? Please stop rubbing yeah. your chest. Yeah, it's really distracting the way you're think, swirling I your finger like that. The only thing that can make this movie better is if the if if we could trade Shia LaBeouf for Nick Cage. Oh. Now are you going to bring up a movie where Nick Cage was playing a golfer? Because I swear to God, if this is an elaborate I mean, goof. <laughs> I mean, he was already in The Wicker Man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Bro. Oh, Colin. Okay. So City Skyline. Yes, you spent 12 hours in this game. And so, now, do you understand why I suggested it in our top 10 time suckers? Because it's an incredible game. I feel the power and the evil of taxing, of raising taxes. <laughs> I understand now. I understand civil zoning. I understand traffic patterns. I understand loans. I was taking loans out as a city. Uh, yeah. Yo, I was taking so loans out to build shit. And I was. Are you, are you changing uh, your passion to working for the government now? I was like, well, I understand now why it's someone's full time job just to worry about zones. 
That's yes. someone's that's a department's whole job because it's fucking complicated. And it's just it really opened your eyes. But then I was like, oh, shit, like, well, we're we're our our power plant is is producing all this power, but we only have X amount of citizens. We don't need to do this. We're spending too much money on this. Cut the budget on that. Right. So we're not wasting money like it. And that, so I'm sitting there like worrying about like the water supply and and worried about pumping poopy water into the city. Like you don't want to do that. That's pumping in the bad column, water. too. Yeah, you it's, it's a game that's all about like, like micromanagement. That's all the game really is. It's yeah, just it's fun though. But it is about micromanagement. It's, yeah, it's whack a mole basically. Like when a problem arises, you got to figure out how to fix it. I was worried about like my my water pipe network. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about like Guys, you know, I think, like, we, have a, I think we have a name for the. Do we have a name for the episode? W- water pipe network. <laughs> no, pumping poopy water. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, it, you can't just build a road. You cannot build ju- just a road. My friend, you have to lay the water pipes down. You have to lay the power lines. Like you have yeah. to make sure the lo- the road is, is either going the right way or has, you know, enough lanes to, for the population. It's, it gets deep. And so right now I, so like I said, guys, I didn't even want to go to bed that night. I went to bed on a school night, quote unquote, a work <laughs> night. Uh, I went to bed on a Sunday, like, dude, it's like one, two o'clock in the morning. It was so bad because the game is so good. And were and you dreaming about your city? I'm trying to get away from it because I can see this game being dangerous. I can see. And, and had I played this much of it before our talk, I probably would have gone in a little bit more for this game being higher on the list now. I don't know where it ended up, but it didn't make the top 10. I, I could have entertained those conversations though after I've experienced this now. So I I'm at the point now where I... I've gotten as far as I can get with what I know, which is not very far. So I need to learn more like tutorials. I need to see more YouTube videos on like how people are doing these. Cause I didn't even know you could like elevate, uh, roads and bridges and, and things like that. I didn't even know you could do that. So that would have already, that knowledge would already help me uh, where I am now, but I'm kind of scared to go back to the city just cause it's so huge. Now I've got like 15, 20,000 people, uh, in the super city or whatever it's called. Right. And uh, that's kind of how the progression is uh, is uh, is uh, measured is by your population, how many people are moving in, etc. Yeah, the the bigger the population of your city, the more you unlock and the more stuff you could do. It's mm-hmm. it's a great game, and I love how there's just so much to do. It feels like fun work in like the best way, right? Because there's so many things you can juggle, like the transportation systems, there's roads, but there's also like subways. Or like airports. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I haven't even gotten buses. to that stuff yet. Like the trains, air, yeah, yeah, airports, like you said. Uh, you can do like cargo um, trains, and then also you can do like passenger trains. Yeah. Um, but the I love how the music also reflects how well your city's doing, like the health of your city. If it's bad, it gets really stressful. Uh, right. If you're bleeding money, so you got to really worry about the budget, and again, the taxes, and again, you can like the ordinances, city ordinances. You have to worry about that. The whole thing, like you can tell your citizens they have to conserve energy, or they have to conserve water, or they have to have smoke detectors, or you can also like legalize uh, marijuana in your city if you want to. <laughs> it's really, it's it's really deep, deep, deep PC game. It can only be done on the PC. I can I can never so, see this on console. So you can go from Columbus to Pittsburgh real quick, super yes. quick, super fast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm loving that game. Yeah, but I feel like I've been talking for like hours, guys. So yes. let's move. Let's move ahead. I know Colin yeah. was playing some interesting games. Oh yeah, so I played over this past weekend. I played uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, and so you guys know me at all. I really, really enjoy my walking simulators. So, um, I've played quite a few of them. You know, Gone Home, Firewatch, uh. 
what was the other one? Uh, uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Um, and this one might be the best one I've played. Ooh, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It, it's I haven't played all of them. I know there's a few more out there. I still want to play. I think Tacoma, uh, Virginia, Virginia. Is that what that was called? That's called? Uh, I can't say for sure. Tacoma, know. Washington. Mm. Well, there's a game called. I know, I'm fucking with them. Ah, gotcha. Uh, here's okay. I'm ha- listen real quick. I'm not gonna talk very much here, but Colin, I'm happy you're happy, but I'm already disappointed because I didn't know. That, yeah, because I didn't know this game was a walking simulator. This is the game Uh-oh. about. I don't want to spoil it too much either, but this is the game where like it's kind of very fairy tale-y, and there's a narrator and there's like words and stuff on the screen, and it like whisks away into the background. Yeah. And, Okay, I didn't know it was that kind of game. I kind of had a feeling it was almost like a Bioshocky kind of game. Oh no, it's. I mean, there's not really any sort of um, like actiony. It's like mm. not like a shooter action type stuff. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, go ahead. It's 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 definitely like a. I and I, I don't want to talk too long in this game because if I talk too much about it, it'll spoil it. Um, because it's one of those games where like the li- the less you know about it, the better it is. Um, what I will say, like. So basically, the the premise is you're a girl. It's kind of similar to Gone Home in that you're a girl uh, returning to your childhood home, except the difference is this home that you're coming back to, whatever happened there, it's very apparent within the first few minutes of the game that the girl that you're playing as, who also is like the narrator, um, sh- some shit went down at this house and like some crazy shit and whatever happened at this house, they had to get the fuck out of there, like, right now. Like, they had to leave. And then it just, it basically, she's coming back to figure out what the, you know, what the story is behind the house that made okay. them leave. Real quick question. Um, is it, I know it's a suspenseful game, but is it a horror it is, game? Um, or is that a spoiler? I don't want to say, because okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like I said, it's like Gone Home. Like, if you say too much about it, it'll, it'll spoil Okay, it. okay. So I don't want to, like, I don't want to, uh, miff any of the beats within the game because there's there's a lot of cool stuff that happens within the game and it's I will uh, what I will say is just it's not a happy game that's what I'll say about it okay uh so yeah. it's not so it is like Gone Home which is the Hallmark Network lesbian love story that we all never knew we wanted so much dude in our you lives. you can't tell spoilers oh sorry I mean that that <laughs> game is like five years old right something like that sorry that's a good game play that game <laughs> yeah forget what jack just said play yeah. it Go yeah. blind. no yeah. still play it it's still a good game gone home is it, yeah gone home was is just so good i and i you know gone uh gone home walking simulators type games they're very divisive when it comes to critique and things like that i i really enjoy them because they're usually shorter form games you can sit there and beat them in one one sitting usually mm-hmm. um yeah. And you just kind of relax or kind of and just enjoy the story that the game is presenting you, which so, is, I think Firewatch is still my favorite, though. Firewatch um, is long, though. It is longer. Firewatch is still, yeah, it is longer. But, but it's still my favorite because I, I, I like the setting a little bit more. I like the idea of, like, being a Firewatch and things okay. like that. And you're kind of like this dude up in the tower. Um just kind of doing your thing, and you get to experience that. And there's a whole narrative behind that, which I also don't want to spoil. So this um, this game is yeah. only a couple hours long, though. Yeah, and I will say, at the I think it comes out at a price tag of 
Um, and I wouldn't say for the amount of gameplay that you get, it's necessarily worth worth that retail price tag. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that like the story is definitely like a story worth playing through and it worth experiencing. Because I think it'll it, it's a story that'll leave you feeling empty but fulfilled at the same time, and it'll make sense. Uh, to play it. Don't tell me how to feel. Not my mom. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that, no, it looks very interesting. It looks very striking. I've, I've seen about 15 minutes of gameplay or so, and I was like, oh, this game's got some things going on here. You know, it's, it's mysterious, and I want to know what's happening. So Right, and, and that, I think that's a lot of uh, the charm to walking simulators is going in not really knowing what to expect and kind of uh, uncovering the mysterious part. See, see the dissonance I have with this news, though this newly discovered revelation that it's a walking simulator is the scene that I saw was like a spoiler is like a stealth part of the game, and it seemed more like Metal Gear slash uh, Bioshock. So I'm not like I'm not dogging the game. I'm just like, oh, I'm surprised to hear it's a different thing than I was expecting. Definitely sounds like Steam sale material for me. Um. I would say, yeah, you might want to get it a little bit cheaper than what it actually is, but I will say there, there's, though it's a walking simulator, there's enough variation in the gameplay, and you'll see what I mean when you play it, but there's enough variation that it keeps it interesting. It's not like you're just walking around, you know, the house the entire time. Cool. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah, uh, but I, that's all I'll say. Gotcha. So another thing that happened over the weekend, Colin, is you and I went to a local game developer conference here in Columbus, Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, called the Gamer <laughs> Devs. I just, right, Are you first. paying attention, yeah. Colin? Like, you're talking, you're like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm done talking now. <laughs> off mode. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, the Gamer Developers Expo GDEX, I believe, is what it's shortened to. Uh, this is, I think, the fourth year of them doing it. And Colin and I went together on Sunday. I went on Saturday. Uh, Colin, do you may want to give your thoughts first about, like, I guess the whole yeah. thing? Yeah, so uh, I was only able to go to GDX um, on Sunday. Um, but I, I was able to uh, uh, play the same games that Robert got to play. So we'll, we'll be able to share in the experiences a little bit. Um, but it was just really cool, like, the overall atmosphere, you know, everyone there is, you know, there's local developers there, and uh, a bunch of different, like, uh, merch outlets, and they're running, like, a charity thing, and just the overall vibe of the place, though it's not, like, the craziest, it's definitely not, like, the most packed or the craziest expo you'll ever go to, you can definitely tell that everyone's chomping at the bit, and they're really passionate about what it is that they're doing, and they want you, you know, they really want you to play their game, and, 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 let them know what you know how your experiences uh um measure up to you know how they're developing the game and things like that and it's really cool to see you know that there's local people um working on some really cool stuff and i think um robin and i both agreed that the pedestrian by uh this little development team named skookum arts which is i'm pretty sure it's just two guys um i think it was three three guys was it three guys yeah okay um probably the most interesting game for uh for both of us there um and me and robert can and talk uh, about this but uh basically what the pedestrian is is it's a puzzle game where you play as the little dude that you see on a men's bathroom sign and you go across different 
basically, uh, I don't know, what, what would you call them? Like, so I, they're like different signs, right? So imagine like a signpost, yeah. like a one-way sign or something like that. But inside of each one is like a puzzle. And there are like doors leading off of each sign. And you have to like organize the signs and connect them in the right way. Kind of like portal almost. If that makes sense. Yeah, yes. So it's like a 2D side-scrolling portal where you're connecting the different doors of different signs together to get to the end of that overall puzzle. And right. Yeah, I, I thought the game was like really innovative. It's the kind of game that makes you sit there and think for a second, and it feels really rewarding in the same way of like when you finally figure out a portal puzzle, you know, one that has you like stumped for a little bit, and then you're like, oh, I get it now, right? Like, So is it too that. much like Portal? No, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Yeah, like, Portal, I, I, wouldn't yeah. think, I wouldn't think I'm just playing another version of Portal. No, I, I think it has, like, portal mechanics, right, where it's, like, this door leads to that door, even though mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. It's like I'm traveling through a portal. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you can shoot any wall you want to create portals. It's, like, mm-hmm. they're, from cert- they're from set fixed points. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Is it on right. scene yet? Um, no. No. So uh, so here's the thing. Um, they, they didn't really give, like, a specific timeline. They said they were aiming for sometime late next year. Yeah. Um, but when it's, it's ready, it's right? Those things. <laughs> right. It, it's when it's ready sort of thing. Um, they said they are in talks. They're, they're trying to get in talks with, like, PlayStation and Xbox to get it on, like, uh, their marketplaces. And based on the, at least the bar for PlayStation, like, PSN, I know that they set their bar relatively low. So I don't think a game, like, this game looks professionally done just based on the demo that you know robin and i played it's done in unity like the game itself um but it just looks so well done and it even since it was a demo it just it felt so polished um and it it just felt like a game like a very highly touted game that you would see on psn so i definitely like the direction that they're going in and i i don't think they're going to have any problem getting their game on the marketplace once they really strive for it cool so they had a a booth on the floor or yeah, yeah. So they had a booth and they had two PCs set up where you could sit down and just play through a little demo that they had. Um, oddly enough, um, I was the one of the developers on the game. I actually did a school project with his roommate, <laughs> and hmm, I actually funny. knew about the game ahead of time. So Robert's like, "Oh yeah, the pedestrian." I was like, "I've heard of that game before." Where have I heard um, of this? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Hey man, I did a project with your roommate. It was really funny, like small world type of thing." That's cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, game of show for me for sure. I don't know about Robert. But. I, I have a question real quick before we talk about other games. Just about yeah. the show overall. Was it crowded? No, I wish, but no. Like when you yeah. like was it I mean, would you say it was empty? I wouldn't say it was empty, but it was it's definitely like not it wasn't a bustling con. Like I went both Saturday and Sunday. They had uh-huh. like a developer's day on Friday that I think was geared more toward like, <laughs> when you walked just in, did everyone just turn at you and go, Hey Robert? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, like, there was, there were definitely people there, but it definitely wasn't the most packed convention I've been to for sure. Okay. Uh, like right. on, on Saturday, they had a lot of big names there. They had like some big name YouTubers and like mm-hmm. some big podcast people there, uh, and they definitely garnered the biggest crowd, like okay. just going to their panels. Okay, but it's not like you were mosh pitting your way through the show floor. Right. Well, wasn't it, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it like $30 a day? Yeah. That's pretty expensive, yeah, man. It was, it was a bit much. That's pretty, that's, I mean, you spent the price of a full game to go two days, you know? So right. it's kind of a big ask. I wonder if they were trying to make like a profit off of this, which small things like this, like you can't hope to make a profit. You can hope to break even, but yeah. 30, I just felt like 30 bucks, you know, as a huge fan as I am of video games, like even for me, like 30 bucks a day is like, do I want to do that? You know? 
Right. You got to want it. Right. So cool, man. I, I played. Yeah, I played a couple other games though at GDX that were pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Multivarious Games are a pretty big developer here in Columbus. Uh, they have this new game coming out called No Mercy. That's very like Streets of Ragey, like you know, oh. side scrolling beat 'em up be kind of thing. There's like a two and a half D length, so you can like go into the game and out of the game kind of a thing, Ooh. like into the field and back toward the screen kind of thing. Uh, two player co op. Uh, they plan on having like six different characters total, so it's like. You know, you can always have different kinds of abilities and stuff every time you play mm-hmm. through it. Okay. Um, it seems like it could it could have a good audience. It's got a lot of, like, you know, combos you wouldn't expect. You know, like, if these two characters are playing, they can, like, set things up for each other. Or, like, cool. those two other characters, you know, that kind of stuff. I like uh, that. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a chill game to just play with a friend, I think. Like, couch co-op especially, I think, would be very fun. You know, uh, you know one thing this weekend that I forgot even existed... Until I was going through my 3DS, like all the games I have on there. Those fucking 3D Sega remakes. Did you guys play any of those? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what? The th- they took old Sega Genesis games and like made them all 3D on the 3DS. It's incredible. They I remixed was not them. aware of this. Bro. You, so Street Streets of Rage 2, which is the best Streets Yo. of Rage game, is Are you awesome. right now? Yes, it's <laughs> awesome in 3D on 3DS. It is worth it. It's like seven, eight bucks. And there's like 10 or 11 of them. They got the original Sonic in 3D. Sorry, I don't mean to go on this huge tangent, but I'm just saying like (laughs) Streets of Rage 2. Bro, Streets of Rage 2, I expect a report on it next time I talk to you. (laughs) Streets of Rage 2. Okay, got it. (laughs) It's Um, sick in 3D. Yeah, so yeah, No Mercy though by Multivarious Games. Um, Next to to the Pedestrian, probably one of the most polished games. Or demos anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, that we played while we were there. Um, talking to the the guys running the booth, I actually I feel kind of bad for Robert because I was BSing with the dude from the booth forever. Because um, we got into talking about like flow theory and a whole bunch of other cool gaming research stuff. Um, but talking to the guy there, he did actually mention that they were trying to up the difficulty in the game. Um, but it was funny though because when at, when he was as he was saying that, I, me and Robert were sitting there and I was having like a full blown conversation with this guy working the booth, and I was playing through the game no problem. Like mm, yeah, I, huh. you know, I was like kind of just in auto mode playing this game, so it wasn't you know like I was having an insanely difficult time with him. But he did say they were gonna up it so like you you die in only a few hits or something like that. I did remember him mentioning that. So I don't know how they're going to change the difficulty too much, but the art style was the most standout thing about the whole game. It's all like hand drawn looking, and it it's got like that weird thing with the character models where it's like, okay, they're in they're in two D, but they actually look three D when they turn. Think kind of like yeah. some of the animations in Guilty Gear, I guess. Yeah, that okay. Like in it for that. Interesting. Uh, and I, I'll say too about the difficulty, like it was on a show floor. It's not like they're going to put you yeah. know the hardest difficulty on the show right. floor, right? You know, and they shouldn't yeah. either. Yeah. What is this, Dark Souls? Yeah. Uh, one question I have about that studio: Do they have any games that I would like recognize, like released, like any games that? What was like their biggest I, like success so far? I know they've had one other game that's been published on Steam, and I could not tell you for the life of me what it uh, is. Okay. Do do they? Okay, that's fine. I mean, they're you know they're a young company; they're growing and stuff. Um, are they like an LLC? Or are they just like an indie, like you know, living off ramen in the basement? Kind of like what? What's how's their yeah. operation work? So they're they're probably like the biggest studio around here in, Colum- in Columbus, right? Yeah, Columbus. yeah. yeah. Um, they're, because they're they still, do, they're still small time indie though, for sure. Where's their funding right. come from? 
No idea. I kind of, yeah, I kind of didn't you. expect you to go deep into this because I thought we'd be like going through these GDEX games pretty quick. Honestly, yeah, I'm just curious about that because yeah. I hear that name all the time, and I'm just, you know, I want, I want to know more about. It. So I'll, I'll research it in my own time. So well, I know they have like a full blown dedicated studio, and not a whole lot of developers at that expo do. So okay, cool, right? Um, yeah, there was another game I played there called Bomb Fest that's like going to be out on Steam in three weeks. Uh, it's out on Itchio right now too, which if if you're an Itchio person, you can buy it there. Uh, but it's a fun couch-like multiplayer game, I think. You know, if you have, like, four controllers connected to the TV, you play as, like, right. little, uh, basically Lego mannequin men, kind of. I mean, obviously not actually Lego, because trademark, right? Uh, and just bombs fall from the sky on the, on the, like, little table that you're on, and you just throw bombs at each other to knock each other off. Very simple concept, but I could see it being fun for, like, having some friends over or something. Yeah, it, it, like, it's, it's like you could easily turn this into a drinking game sort of thing. Yeah. Easily. It's a fun party game. Yeah. So I just thought I'd give that a mention as well. Uh, I played another big game this weekend, though. One that wasn't an indie game. In fact, it might be one of the biggest games on the planet, just in general. Hmm. Uh, I played the beta of the Call of Duty World War II multiplayer. Oh, yeah. the Call of Duties is back, guys. It's the uh, holiday season. We know now. Yeah, uh, along with Madden. Yeah, there's going to be some kind of Call of Duty game out. So this yeah, is I, Raven Software? No, it's Sledgehammer. Okay. Is Sledgehammer... Sledgehammer, the, Sledgehammer did, like, the single player and Raven did the multiplayer? I thought it was Sledgehammer heading all of it. <clears throat> oh, interesting. That'd be the first time, yeah. then. Maybe. I, I can't be 100% sure. Okay, cool. So we uh, played together. Yeah, we played the PC yeah. beta over the weekend for a, a short hour or so. Right. Uh, it it was, I think, to quote you during our playtime, this is the most Call of Duty-ass Call of Duty I've seen. It is, yes, to quote <laughs> you quoting me, it is some Call of Duty-ass Call of Duty. And I mean that in the worst way possible. <laughs> Not as a yeah. compliment at all. And I was like, oh, like it reminded me, like, oh, this is what I used to play. Like, oh, <laughs> see, for me, like when I first booted it up, it was kind of like a, oh, this is nice. Like I haven't played a game like this in a while, so it was kind of like mm-hmm. fun to scratch that mm-hmm. itch again. Mm-hmm. And then I played my second game, and it was yeah. like, oh, well, this is just go in and die and respawn and die again. Like you might as well, if you're going to play multi and we were just playing multiplayer, right? Like we can't make any comments on single player, which now seems to me like the reason to play this game after the hour we spent in multiplayer. But essentially imagine you played super meat boy, right? Colin. Yes. Okay. So just imagine holding right and the X button, the run button in super meat boy, just holding that the whole time and just watching him go over the cliff (laughs) or go into the grinder. Right? That's what Call of Duty <laughs> multiplayer felt like. It's just like, yeah. oh, boot up, die. Boot up, uh, live a little bit, die. You know, it's like if you got one yeah, kill. That's, that's pretty much me when I play Call of Duty. If you get one kill, it's like, oh, I did something, and then die instantly. Like, if you get two kills, it's like godlike. <laughs> yeah, and me. it's like, I can already see people saying, like, why don't you just get good? Get Yo. good at Call of Duty, scrub. Yo. And it's like, Sure, if the map design was good. Well, there's already kind of, eh. the map. So yeah, you're not wrong. the The map design is not very inspired at all. Very claustrophobic. Very narrow. Um, yep. Lots of long sight lines where snipers will have their way with you. Uh, but it's just not good. It just has not done anything. It's too much of a throwback 
right to like yeah. the 2005 Call of Duty 2 launch game on the fucking Xbox 360. There's nothing there's no reason to play this game. I feel like shooters have evolved way past this. I know we keep saying these games names, but with Overwatch and with PUBG, like there's like no reason to play the Slay's Call of Duty that I've seen so far. And they it's also of note that when you're starting like your campaign or whatever, there are these videos <laughs> that play for the different like or the different factions of the military you can yeah. join and i i feel i feel their sincere effort robert in trying to invest you know have you emotionally invested in the story i feel like they're trying to emulate like a blizzard kind of vibe with that i feel they're trying but they fail and they try yeah. just a little bit too hard and it's very evident and just the videos are more funny than anything and I was just like, oh, sorry, guys. No, it's not working. Yeah, yeah that, like, that sucks to hear, though, man. It uh, sucks to hear that it's it's downgraded. Like, or they brought back the boots on the ground thing, but in the worst sense. They yeah, keep, I, they, yeah they've, this game, this gameplay has been stale for a number of years. Okay. Uh, and they just have not improved any. They haven't, you know, they're pretending like all other shooters that have come since have not existed. It's like, we're Call of Duty. We're just doing what we're going to do. We don't have to try because we know you suckers are going to buy this, which they're probably right. And uh, that's kind of it. I feel like they are, are phoning in the multiplayer for sure. And again, now I'm like, well, single player better be awesome because that's be the only reason I'm going to play it. Because there's no right. way, dude, yeah. I'm playing more multiplayer after that. It was like we played like again like for an hour. We're like, I'm done. This sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No desire to go back. Wow. To, to yeah. sing its praises, though, I think the sound design of this Call of Duty is pretty good. You know, it when a bullet almost hits you, it really sounds like it. You know that kind of stuff. It feels, It sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of mechanics, it's very polished, but at the same time, you can only polish a turd so much. Oh. You know. Oh, it's so shiny. Uh, yeah, it's very shiny. Um, and I mean, this is actually a really good segue into the news section of this podcast here. Uh, when you take a look. Well, when you could take a look, because you can't actually see them anymore. Oh. Um, the Call of Duty World War II beta page on Steam had super trashed reviews. Like, 74% were negative. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, and I read through quite a few of them, and some of them were just your typical, like, herder, it's Call of Duty, so it's bad. You know, just probably from people who didn't play the game or just like like mm. to hate on call of duty because it's a cool thing to do because you can review uh, games on steam without playing the game i i'm not sure oh, i mean that you okay. could just like install it and like boot it up for like point uh, one yeah. hours right gotcha gotcha uh and there were some people like and this is actually true because i've ran into this a couple times in the time i played is that uh there were already hackers in the beta that's what i was gonna bring up to you that yeah. totally ruined the fucking game there's already hacking going on Right, and people are making the excuse of like, well, it's the beta. Like, obviously, Activision doesn't care right now. They'll bring down the ban hammer when the game's fully live. But it's like, if people can already hack the game in the like, what, 72, 96 hours the beta version was live, like, that's some shit. I mean, the beta, okay. Now, technically, a beta is not really in service of the fans. It's actually the fans servicing the developer so they can be ready for when the game actually launches like i understand that however you cannot deny the simple fact that a beta also serves as your debut to the audience to the big i would argue the biggest fans of this game are going to be the ones that are interested in participating in the beta 
the ones that are most likely to buy it and most likely to spread, you know, word of mouth about right. it like we're doing right, right now. And so you can't, I mean, you can only give so, so poor a beta experience before you lose audience members. And I was, I'm going to admit, I was really optimistic about this. I was like, oh, this could be good. They're making a good move here. Uh, I like the return to World War II. I'm ready for that now. But also, if I'm not going to play the multiplayer in a Call of Duty game, like so, to so many people, yeah, that'd be like unthinkable to say. It's just like, mm. yeah, I mean, I'd love to see like what the zombies version looks like, but I'm also just one of those weird people that likes the zombies version of Call of Duty. So, oh, this is the first Call of we'll Duty see. in it with like all three versions, or no, they have plenty with multiplayer and single player and zombies. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I have to ask you. I'm sorry, but this is like the state of the world we live in now. But like, 74 percent negative. Was that all be, uh, based on the game, or was that all based on someone getting some angry nerd getting mad? I, I, I could not say for sure because I wasn't about to sift through the thousands of reviews <laughs> that were left. Like, I'm sorry, but there's only so much I can handle. Sure, uh, but I imagine like the game just didn't make that great of an impression. I mean, consider the fact that you and I, Jack, like the impression it left us wasn't exactly a glowing positive. Sure. Like, I can't wait to buy Call of Duty World War Two Day One. Yeah, right. I uninstalled it as soon as we got out of there. I was like, nope. Yeah, same here. It's just <laughs> I, it. If you're really hankering for some Call of Duty, like it's definitely the game for you, right? But it's like there are better shooters out there now. I think there are shooters that do things way, way more differently, and they add so many mechanics that make the game more interesting. Whereas this is, as the marketing says, boots on the ground. So you're bummed out by this news, Colin? Yeah, a little bit because I, I was waiting for uh, a hearkening back to like World at War. And that's it's kind of mm-hmm. what I miss, like World at War and uh, like Black Ops, that type of stuff. And I, that's kind of what I was waiting for to maybe, maybe get me back into playing again. Because I think that's that's kind of why I stuck uh, suckered into Battlefield One for a while was mm-hmm. because like it, it kind of gave me that same feeling of playing that back then, just on a bigger scale. I think Battlefield One was like if World at War or Black Ops kind of grew up a little bit you know, took a, a little bit bigger scale. And, um, I mean, at least in Battlefield 1, you were, it wasn't like running into a meat grinder. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. you actually were on the, you know, there was a little strategy there. You were running around the battlefield and you were, you know, you could actually find a position and hold it down and, you know, be strategic about what the hell you were doing. Under Unlike Call of Duty's, you know, well-known and uh, criticized run-and-gun type gameplay. Well, I think then what you're looking for is a battlefield game. Like expecting that out of a new Call of Duty would be a bit much, I think. Right, and I, and I mean, I think Call of Duty has its merit with me because I do sometimes enjoy that kind of twitch, uh, twitch run and gun gameplay. You know, when I'm in the mood for it. But the slow burn of Battlefield is more my take because I'm just I'm not much of a twitch player. Um, right. Obviously, not the streaming service, but as in you know, just having fast reaction times and yeah, getting yeah, that gun yeah. up there and firing out of a hundred people coming towards me. Um, so I think that's just more my pace, but it, I mean, it has its appeal, but it, it sucks that this new call of duty just isn't, it's going backwards in the worst way. Right. Uh, let's hit up some of the new other news items. Cause we are kind of going a little over time, I think. Uh, so Stardew Valley is coming to the switch tomorrow Yay. or I guess thir- the, the day of this podcast Thursday Yay. is Stardew by the Valley time you hear this podcast, you'll be playing Stardew Valley on your switch. Super fun. Yeah, you, super perfect be. platform. Yeah. It, if, if you're waiting for animal crossing on the switch, just buy Stardew Valley. Nah. It'll tide you over and then make you realize that it's better than animal nah. crossing and you won't care anymore. Nah. Wrong. Uh, 
I think you've played enough Stardew Valley to know, Jack. Deep Incorrect. down in your heart of hearts. <laughs> Stardew Valley is great. I, uh, my wife probably could be more excited for this game release. So looking forward yeah. to it. And I'm glad that they didn't seem to waste too much time getting it on the console. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Neo also is getting its like super ultra complete game of the year century. Whatever oh, yeah. edition. Uh, it's not game of the year edition. It's a complete edition uh, that includes like the three DLCs. It's coming November 7th, and they've announced that it's coming to PC, which kind yes. of makes me a little bit mad, but hey. And I feel so smart for waiting now. Yeah. I, oh, I, I had it in my like uh, digital like cart to buy it on PS3. I was just about Four. to. Sorry, PS4. Yeah, I was just about to buy it, and then some like voice in my head said, just wait, just wait. Don't pay full price for this game. Wait for a sale. And I've waited long enough. Now I can play it on PC, and it's probably going to be in 219 it's probably gonna be, you know, uh, uncapped uh, resolution. So, ooh, that game, it's it's samurai, guys. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm pumped. Man, <laughs> man, I still can't believe you're you're hyped about this fucking game, but you're yes, you don't like Dark Souls. Like, doesn't make any sense it's to me. It's literally samurai Dark Souls. It's how it's does that Japan not sound Dark cool? Souls. That uh, sounds cool. But you hate Dark Souls. No, I. T- <laughs> I'm just saying this like, now to see Colin's reactions and to be totally honest with you. But no, I am I'm open to this game. Okay. Now I just think that they've had it's it's a Dark Souls informed samurai game. Right? So Dude, I don't all think I'm saying is all, all I'm saying is, is good luck. Is <laughs> I played the demo for this game and it was kicking my ass. Yeah. I played through all three Dark Souls games. Okay. Part of Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Okay. okay. So All right. It'll I, be tough. I'll, I'll I'll wait till the reviews. I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, but it is on my short list of games to look out for this year. And make no mistake, gentlemen, this is going to be a great holiday season for video games. Oh, it's starting yes. already. Like it's already happened. It's already happening, and it's going to continue. It's like, only going to get crazier through December when Xeno Gear, Xeno Blade Saga or whatever I can't think. Xeno Blade Chronicles, 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 Chronicles two comes out in December. Like holy crap! Like it's going to be an awesome uh, three months here. Yeah, Xenoblade Gears Saga. Saga. <laughs> yeah, just take your your next four paychecks and instead of setting some money aside, just throw them at video games. All the money we're this holiday season is. Yes, all the money we're saving on Whole Foods now since the price <laughs> you know, went down. I, I'd really like to get that uh, that Xenoblade Chronicles Two Collector's Edition for twenty percent off in Amazon Prime, but they stopped doing that for Collector's uh, Edition. First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rockstar has dropped a trailer, okay. another trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. Their second trailer is this is the first story trailer. However, I think yeah, uh, there's like actual voice acting and stuff in it, and like and character we're in, models. We're introduced to the main character. There's, there's some cowboy stuff happening. I, some cowboy stuff. I happening. do have yeah, thoughts. There's, some, there's yeah. an old, there's an old miner guy. Apt at observation. There's cowboy stuff going on in this Red Dead Redemption Two trailer. Ah, do cowboy things. Uh, I have thoughts, opinions about this. Who wants to start though? I kind of have absolutely no thoughts or opinions on. it. I felt like it's that. That's it yeah, was That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm kind of thinking about it. it's like yeah, it's it's a Rockstar game trailer. It's you know they're they're throwing yelling people at you they're like these people are screaming about something and then they're doing a lot of crime stuff and you were and on it with your descriptors today. i know oh, you're you yeah. are on I mean, I just, I, operating at a fourth grade I, level today gentlemen <laughs> i mean like i just i don't know how what else to say about it like they're not they're just a, kind of alluding to things they're not really giving us a, some really deep detail you know yeah. what i mean they're, i mean i think I think if you're like a diehard fan of Red Dead Redemption, which it's been a long time since I played Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, but I think if I played it a little bit more recently, there's probably more there uh, to, to get out of it. 
but I, I mean, it's been so long since I played it. There wasn't much for me to pick up out of it, other other than the fact that this is like a, a trailer that Rockstar does for their game. Like, like this is something that I would they would cut and edit a Max Payne three trailer just like this or something or a GTA trailer like this. Red Dead Redemption is one of the greatest games of all the last generation. Uh, full stop, I think. Oh, it's in fantastic. My opinion. It's up there, man. It's one of the yes. best. A lot of people would say it is the best, and I think there is certainly argument to be made for that case. So this game has a lot to live up to, a big legacy. Uh, I remember when the screenshots were released some months ago, and I was like, damn, these graphics look sweet. I was like, this game is going to be like a step up. Then this trailer came out, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." This I will say, character look models look a little good. stiff. The the dude, the uh, yeah, like the facial animation was offish to me. It was nowhere near like uh, Last of Us levels, and you would think that it would have eclipsed Last of Us by now right. as a last gen game, right? You know, but it's not even there. It's not even close to that level, in my opinion, what I've seen. And they do close-ups of the face. Like, I've seen what it looks like now. And so I'm just like, huh, because this is coming out of PC, too. And this is, like, going to be, like... Wait, was that confirmed? I could have sworn. I could have uh, sworn. All right. I could have sworn. Wait. I'm not 100% on this now with your doubting me, but I'm almost sure it was. Anyways, uh, but it will come to PC. There's no doubt. Okay, if it's not I mean, launch day, red- it is absolutely coming out. Red Dead One didn't. No, it finally did though, didn't? Or no, no, it came on no. three six. It came to Xbox One by backwards compatible. I get it. Okay, right, right. But I'm I'm telling you, it'd be crazy for them not to do it on PC. There's no way. I'll bet you a Chipotle burrito that they're bringing to PC. Um, so well, I'm just worried I mean, about it. It just looks bad. Right. And the story was um, not engaging. I didn't think the characters. Like, it didn't do its job. It didn't sell me the game. It actually kind of unsold me the game. No, don't get me wrong. I'm going to play this game. It's one of those you have to. It's one of those tentpole releases. I'm going to play it a million percent. But I'm now worried, whereas before I was all about it. So the trailer kind of hurt the brand more than anything to me. Yeah. And also, can confirm, it isn't coming to PC. Just like with Grand Theft Auto Five, it took two years. Yeah, it'll take forever. Yeah, it's it's easy. Yep. It'll take yeah. forever. So if you want to play this game on PC, you're waiting until probably like 2020. So PS4 Pro is where to play this game then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Or maybe the Xbox One X. Okay. Uh, Do they have a release date on the PC version? No. They, they haven't even talked about a PC version. This is Rockstar, you know? Like, uh-huh. they don't give a shit about PC till like way after. And that's where they're making all the money, though, on GTA Five. you would think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, for me, I... Part of me is thinking, like, this isn't final yet. Who knows if they're, like, if this is what it's going to look like in the game. But at the same time, it's like they felt proud enough of this to make it a trailer, right, for all the people to consume. So, I don't know. I, I want to hope that it's better. And honestly, I play Red Dead for more of, like, the feeling it gives you rather than the story it tells, rather than the, like, cutscenes it has. Because I think, like, both of you played the original Red Dead Redemption, right? Right. The, oh wait, on PS2, on PS, oh, no, Red, Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption. Okay, yeah, that was Revolver. no. I've, I've actually, I've, I've beaten uh, Red Dead Revolver. Oh, too. that's hardcore, wow. and that game sucks. I heard. Yeah, yeah but like Red <laughs> that's Dead, <not> bad. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption felt very fun to just wander around. It felt yeah. literally like Cowboy GTA in like yeah. the best way. It was the best Cowboy so, Simulator game ever made. Right, and that's what hey, I'm hey, looking hey, forward hey, to. Hey, hey, let's not forget about Gun, guys. Psst. 
gun. Uh huh. No gun for th- let's forget gun about for gun for three sixty. Let's oh, come on, let's forget. Why, why are you pulling so many Shia LaBeouf golfing? I know, what's with you today, Nick, dude? Nick Cage golfing. What is this? Do you have what like a, a Vicks humidifier on in your room right now, Robert? And it's just affecting no. Colin in strange ways. <laughs> what are you trying to say man you're what are you trying to say I'm saying you're saying weird shit today <laughs> and I'm concerned as a friend and, and here's the thing you normally say weird shit so the fact that we're pointing it out it makes it extra weird <laughs> well, it's fine so you have a Shia LaBeouf go, cowboy go fantasy a totally relevant topic just put your shirt man. back on for the second time I'm asking you please <laughs> Okay, okay. Right. Apparently making a, a reference to another Western game where we're talking about Westerns no, is weird. No, but I'm saying, back to that, let's forget all about gun. Let's just, for the betterment of mankind, <laughs> okay. let's move forward. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, last if you want to talk to me about black, then we'll have that talk. Is black even a Western game? It's a gun game. Ah. So let's let's get on with this last bit of news here. So Rick and Morty season three concluded on Sunday. Hmm. Uh, uh, it's it was pretty good. I'm a fan of it. Uh, we won't talk about it though. Like, so don't expect spoilers on this cast if uh, you still haven't seen all of it yet. Uh, what I do find very fun and very interesting. This is just like a little wacky bit of news. Uh, if you haven't seen Rick and Morty, you probably heard something about Szechuan sauce. Uh, I think Jack is our resident non-Rick and Morty person. Have you heard anything I, about Szechuan sauce? I haven't. I'll be there. I know it has something to do with McDonald's. Okay. So in the season three first episode, the, first, the episode they aired like on April Fool's this year, like they ended the episode with Rick saying to Morty, like, this is it. This is my character arc. We're going to find that Szechuan sauce, Morty. Like he's all about that. That Mulan Szechuan sauce from the 90s in McDonald's. Oh, they, had, the, a, so they had a sauce out during Mulan? Yeah. McDonald's uh, so, did. Okay. Oh. So that episode was the only reference that was made to Szechuan sauce. Like the rest of the season doesn't even mention Szechuan in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, but after that ep- that first episode aired, I think McDonald made like a jug of Szechuan sauce, like a couple jugs of Szechuan sauce, and gave it to like the creators of Rick and Morty. Oh wow. But what McDonald's has just confirmed is that this Saturday, October seventh. What? They're bringing back Szechuan sauce for a day. Shut up. Are you just serious? For a day. I'm serious. They like Rick just and Morty that much. Every every McDonald's around us is brought, is is going to be smacked busy. Wait, yeah, everyone across the nation is going to be smashed. What's the deal with I, the Szechuan sauce? I can't confirm nationwide or not, but it, it's just like it's it was just an offhand joke. I think like if I had to bet, I'd bet it was like they told Justin Roiland, who voices Rick, to just get in the sound booth and just start ranting to Morty and like improv. And for some reason, he just said Szechuan sauce and like ran with That's it. That's funny. And now it's like the biggest thing. That's like my guess on how that happened. First, the internet hijacks democracy. Now we hijack McDonald's menu. What's next? <laughs> this is crazy. That's really funny. Honestly, I hope I get it where I live, man. That could be, yeah, be yo, funny. So I, I am definitely hitting up McDonald's before I go to work on Saturday. I'm trying to get me some of that sweet Szechuan sauce. Oh, the same, though. Yeah, but oh. can it ever live up to whatever expectations you guys have in your head? Oh, probably. I, not. I don't care. It's just because, like, I need all the Szechuan sauce. I'm going to save at least a pack, just to just to buy, just to, as a monument to the, the glorious day and the glorious thing that is Szechuan sauce. So you're going to keep a pack of Szechuan sauce as a souvenir? <laughs> I'm uh, fucking a. I am. I'm not trying to yuck your guys's yums, but I'm telling you right now, it ain't no damn Chick Fil A sauce, y'all. That's the boss of sauce. Oh, it's not the it's not the fact of whether or not it's the greatest sauce ever or anything. 
Okay. But it's just a funny thing they did, and they did it. You think they course. did it, and for sure it's time for Rick and Morty. That's really f- phenomenal if that's the case. Yeah. Dude, I guarantee, like, if, by the time, like, regular breakfast at McDonald's is over, like, the Szechuan sauce is going to be gone. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> like, sure. Funny. Yeah, it's it's going to be, like, I don't know. The one that I go to gets usually pretty busy, so we'll see. McDonald's, by the way, breakfast, like, yeah, I love it. You know, who doesn't? It's an American thing to do is to love McDonald's I breakfast. love my McDonald's But I think it's I underrated. I think their big breakfast plate, whatever it is, with the hot, with the... Uh, hot with the pancakes and stuff, and the whole egg and yeah, sausage. I think that shit is underrated. I think it's very good and it's very I cheap. Think, I love that shit. I don't know. Some people talk shit on McDonald's breakfast. I'm like, dude, it's no. the it's the quickest. Nah, it's so quick though. It's not like you know you go there. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of expensive. It's kind of pricey. No, you I want don't that. Think you it's want that, that bad? Sausage egg and cheese McGriddles are like three fifty four bucks, bro. Mm, yeah, and you know what? The the orange yeah. juice is so shitty at McDonald's, but I love it. I don't know what they it's put so in sweet. it. They would sprinkle it's, crack it's in it really or something, sweet. man. Because it's real. It's the worst orange juice I ever eat or drink. I eat my orange juice. It's the, worst, it's the yeah, worst orange same. juice I've ever had, but I love it when I'm at McDonald's. But I recognize it sucks. I mean, that's the power of McDonald's. You're always loving it. Okay, wait. No, they can sue us for that. Oh, yeah. Swipe our corporate cards. Yes, let's get over now to the Would You Rather section of our podcast. So I'm going to hand it over to Colin, who's got us a wonderful question. Okay, so this is going to, this might be a little confusing, but kind of try to bear with me. So imagine a world, right, where you, on a scale of attractiveness, (laughs) one to ten, right? On a scale of attractiveness. We're never letting you do these ever again. (laughs) What? Keep going. Good. Okay. All right. So on a scale of attractiveness, obviously you have like one to ten, right? So imagine on that scale, you are an eight. You personally are an eight on that scale. Universally, uh-huh. you're considered an eight. And the average attractiveness of people in the world is ten. Okay. But conversely, would you rather that or live in a world where you are a universally touted as a six? But the average attractiveness of every other person in the world is a four. Okay, so you're basically saying, would you rather be the most attractive person in an unattractive world or the least attractive person in a super attractive world? Well, the the thing is, like, you wouldn't be the least attractive person in the world full of or averaging tens. Oh, the average. You're not saying everyone's a ten. I'm actually... it's more like saying, would you rather be below average but still be pretty damn attractive or be above average and not be that attractive but be more attractive than a lot of people? Wait, so if this is a scale huh. of 1 to 10, how the hell do you average 10 without everyone being a 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the math doesn't check out on this, Colin. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, I mean, does that does that make sense? I think I know what you're saying, but I, it's just for simplicity's yeah. sake, I think it's just easier to think you're the most attractive in a, in a me- mediocre, you know, world, or you're the least attractive in a super sexual, sexy world. Sexy world. Sexy world. Uh, yeah, I guess to put it simply. Yeah, I, I'd probably go for least attractive in a most attractive world. Because really? I kind of, I kind of don't care about how attractive I am as much. You know, I don't often gussy myself up. I like to think that my personality makes is the reason people would like to suffer through my existence. Mm-hmm. Rather than Snickers and Sue. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather than, uh, rather than my beautiful, charming smile or uh, you know, my straight teeth that never needed braces. Snickers. Mm. Um, <laughs> look, <laughs> that's what I like to think. I don't know. Final decision. You locking in? So what about you? Oh, Jack? sure. Uh, I mean, I think okay. I think it'd be interesting though to be the six in a world of fours. Purely for the fact, I'm gonna say some controversial things here too. Purely for the fact that I think you would have more influence than I think you guys are considering. You would have a lot of influence in that world. You get a lot. Yeah, you get a lot of things when you are perceived to be attractive that you wouldn't get otherwise. Now, don't get me wrong. Like personality goes a long way, goes real far. But when we're talking about like everyone in the world. You know, I, I just think that I just think you'd open doors is what I'm saying. And I think that if you're an eight in a world of tens, by the way, this is the most shallow conversation I've ever had in my life, <laughs> but that's okay. Cause it's interesting. Uh, if you're an eight in a world of tens, like I think you're going to be on the struggle more than you might anticipate in almost all things. And that's just the way our brains are wired, you know, um, for the most part, you know, as homo sapiens. So, okay. So I, I think it'd be interesting having a level of influence in all things that you don't even have to work for. They're just given to you by genetics, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I think there's something to be said for that. Okay. Um, so just 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 to uh, pollute the pool a little bit, I guess. So the, the, the what did you say? Argument, <laughs> what? What did you say? Did, did you po- say poop the pool? No, he said pollute the pool. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Poop, pooping! You got, pooping in the city. You guys are legit in the same room. How do you not hear each other? <laughs> I can hear him better all the way across the country than you can hear him eight feet away from you. All right, Damn it, so go ahead. Poop in this pool, Colin. Yes. What would you please, like? Please, all the poop. Yeah, poop, pooping in the pool. Just to poop in the pool okay, a little bit. Okay. Um. So, man, now you you make me forget what I was going to say, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You were going to talk about Shia LaBeouf again. No. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> All right. The name Shia LaBeouf. All right. Let's anyway. say, how about instead of just being an eight out of ten, you're also a golfer, and you had a golf movie about it that everyone forgot. <laughs> no, I, I re- listen. Hear okay. me out, guys. I remember what it was Cowboy golf. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, boy meets golf. Okay. I might. All right. I'm starting to tear up. Stop, please. Okay. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so if you're a person who's below what would be widely considered an eight on the attractiveness scale, and then you were offered the opportunity to be an eight in a world of tens, so say that that would, it would make you more attractive than you are now, would you? What about that? Would, would that change? Okay, your mind? again, it's all about relativity for yeah, me, right? Because attractiveness right. is. I guess relative now. Okay, man, I'm going to say some real bad stuff here. Cause again, this is the most shallow conversation I've ever had in my life, but TM. I used to listen to Howard Stern all the time. And so this is right. where I got this concept from him was that girls are rated, you know, a guy can, okay. I'll just put a scenario out there. A guy can think that girl a is X attractive when he sees her. Okay. But if he sees her next to girl B, who is X attractive plus, it it makes the other girl look less attractive than if she wasn't standing next to her. Does that make sense? Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. So by that 
and again, this is, these are not my words. It's Harris Stern here, okay? So don't email me about this stuff. But but it's all about relativity, right? It's not a it's not a an imperial scale, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. Right. Um, so if, I mean, if, if you guys like, like, like I just want to say, if you're the six in the world of, of fours, you're basically a ten. Exactly. Whereas you're if, a twelve, if, basically. Right. Whereas if you're an eight in a world of tens, you're pretty much like what a one, a two. Yeah, you're yeah. almost a zero. Or one. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so there again, you know, it, it's I don't think that I would jump from a six in that world to an eight in the other world. If that's your so question. So if you were. Yeah, if you were in a world where you were a six in a world in an average world of four, what would happen when you met or met or came across people that were even more attractive than you? Would you feel threatened? But you're the six. You're the highest of the high. I thought. No, no, yeah. I'm not saying you're the highest of the high. I'm just saying it's the average fours. You're a six, but there's there's still the possibility. There's still those four numbers above that. Well, clearly you can. Oh, only they're non-existent. Yeah, they're not non-existent. Oh. Oh, got it. A new wrinkle yeah. enters. <laughs> <laughs> A wrinkle in time. So okay. thoughts. Okay, that may that changes things a lot. So then in the same way, if you're an eight in a world of tens, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone's a ten, but like most people you run into will be tens if they're occasionally like nines, eights, seven. By the four, way, like why am I envisioning that right. Justin Timberlake movie in time where like you just have like your number tattooed on your wrist, like how attractive you are? Like, oh I'm an eight. Oh, you know. Like, oh, you're an eight too? Oh like, yeah, this man. would totally change the Tinder game. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like show <laughs> me your wrist. I don't believe I you. I actually really love that movie. I'd sue me, but I did. <laughs> nah, it's not the worstest. It's just not good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know what you do guys, you just find a woman that loves you for who you are and then you marry her. That's what I did. Oh, so sweet. So loving. So cute. Oh, but in all reality, like she lets me be who I am, you know, and she's known me. She's known me when she lets you not wear pants. She, she, well, I'm in my home. Dang it. Um, if you can't not wear pants any in your home, where can you not wear pants? Is my question to the American people today. Uh, ponderous question. But like I said, she's known me when you know I was in great shape. She's known me when I wasn't in great shape, and you know she never made me feel any different because of it. You know, she's never made me feel like self conscious about it or anything like that, or ever even brought it up unless I ask. Um. So you know, whereas and then she lets you have it. Whereas. <laughs> No, she no, she didn't even let me have it. She's uh, just like you know. She just talks about like health things and you know things that lo- someone that loves you would say, you know. But uh, oh, yeah. but I've been on the flip side too. I've been in relationships where girls were very vocal about that sort of thing. Like I only date dudes that go to the gym five days a week, kind of people. And it's just oh, like, man, okay, you suck yeah. like at everything, you know. Like so, I uh, yeah yeah. You know, yeah. So I've dated both sides of the coin there, and I can say like, find someone that like seriously like loves you for you, and that's probably a good way to end this show. Yes, find yeah, someone so you, who doesn't care about the number tattooed on your arm. Yes, exactly, or Justin Timberlake yes. for that matter. Right. Yes. So <laughs> if, <laughs> so real real quick, so you guys locked in your answers, right? You guys liked yeah, I'm going, yes. I'm going with the yeah. I'm going with the six and the four. No, I, six and the four, and you too, Robert. No, I'm going eight and the tens. Okay, you're gonna do eight and tens. Um, so this was actually the, the a very similar question. Pretty much the same question was asked for a study that was done. I can't remember uh where exactly. Hmm. Um, 
but over 90% of the participants that uh, in the study actually chose the uh, six and a, uh, an average four word. I thought so. I thought so. Mm-hmm. It's an individualistic yep. society, so everyone wants to feel like the butterfly or the snowflake. Right. You know, so exactly. I can see that exactly. for sure, like, playing out. I'm well, a snowflake. it's good to be in the 10%. So if you have an answer to this, would you rather, or if you have a would you rather question you'd like to shoot us, or if you just have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to tinydisc.com where you can find all of our podcasts and you can see all of our social medias on there. So if you'd like to follow us through the website, that would be wonderful. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend. It'd be real awesome if you did. Let them know. Let, you know, share the joy, share the love. Uh, and also leave us a review on iTunes. It'd greatly help us. We'd really appreciate it. And we just, it's like a minute of your time. Uh, where can we find you guys on the social medias? Uh, I am at boo boo underscore underscore five five on Twitter, AKA Colin and Mono at J A C C E P E D A on Twitter. And you can find me at pin optimist P I N O P T I M I S. Uh, we kind of wanted to take a little bit of time here at the end to kind of, you know, just give the due diligence that uh, is deserved of what happened earlier this week in Las Vegas. We found like it's just overall a really shitty thing to happen. You know, uh, it's sparking a lot of political debate and political controversy that we kind of want to stay away from. But I think there's still something to be said just, you know, as, as human beings, you know, that this is an awful thing to do. And it has affected way more lives than I think that one person thought he would. And it's just an unfortunate event that should never happen. And the fact that this isn't the first time, you know, you've read the headline, the biggest gun, you know, gun shooting disaster in American and modern American history. You know, like this has happened a lot recently. It's insane. It shouldn't keep happening like this. And the fact that it's not, I mean, it's like almost every day and it shouldn't feel that way i think it's just unfortunate that this, that's the kind of world we live in uh so if you like have some extra money after your paycheck or if you can donate blood or you know donate some cash i think it'd really help out if you can if you want to check the show notes of this episode i'll leave a link for a gofundme that's raising a lot of money i think they're approaching two and a half million dollars uh last i saw uh, it's over four million. Oh, is it now already yeah, yeah. wow okay um yeah so if you want to donate some cash which is nowhere near enough you know what i mean right like we'd much rather not have the gofundme and just have all those people alive right so just check out that link see if you can throw some cash that way i don't know if you guys have anything you kind of wanted to say about the whole matter uh i mean i really don't think anyone you know wants to hear us get all political and crazy on our soapbox here about this kind of stuff but it is like that kind of event where we would feel weird about just brushing it off to the side and pretending like it didn't happen. So, right. you know, I'm not here to push my opinions or my or my thoughts on any on anyone really. Uh, I mean, we play video games and we talk about it on the internet a week, you know, like that's not really our arena. But just ask yourself, you know, just this is what I did. Like I lost legitimate sleep uh, after I played City Skylines. I was done about one o'clock. Then I caught news of this. And then I was literally up until 6.30 and I had to be at work at like 7. <laughs> so I got like 15. Yeah. I was like a little bit late and I got like 15, 20 minutes of sleep that night just because I couldn't like 
I couldn't like, I don't know. I just couldn't sleep. It just bothered me that much. So just ask yourself, you know, like we live in a time now in history in the most affluent and influential country in the history of man where this is just a part of life. Now this is just common. Uh, and ask yourself, like, are you becoming numb to this kind of thing? And if you are, are you concerned with that? <laughs> you know, it should never be normal. Yeah. Is this just like a, Oh, this is this week's news. I wonder what's next week. You know what I mean? Like, is it not really Never truly affecting you? I think, okay, maybe I will get a little political. <laughs> I think the Uh-oh. problem is that we're too shielded from the reality of this. I think people need to really be shocked. Like, I think people need to see what happened. If you catch my drift. I think I think people need to see what happens. Because I don't think people fully, truly understand and appreciate it. I think it comes down to stats and numbers for a lot of people. But I think... If you've ever seen anything like that, okay, like it would change your, it would affect you in some way. I would hope if you have any shred of humanity, you know? So I think that just, I mean, we can't obviously put things up like that on TV, on national TV, but still to this day, uh, people in Sandy Hook, like the first responders that had to go into that room where everything happened, like they're still affected by it. You know, they still seek therapy for what they saw, you know, and, and no one else has seen that. And I just think that it would really shed true light on like what is happening in this country. What is the new normal now? You know, if that were to happen, I know that's controversial. I don't know if that would work, but I think it's, I think it's not, it's time not to shy away from like the truth of what's happening and, and figure out a better way because this is not the best way to handle these types of issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I know, Jack did too, but I, I, you know, I have family that live in Vegas. Um, I'm very thankful. I, I mean, I was, I was shocked that something like that happened, but I was very thankful that my family's safe. I'm very thankful that Jack's family was safe. Um, and I mean, it's an absolute tragedy that this happened. I mean, knowing that my cousin was actually pretty close to the events when they went down, uh, was was scary. And the, the fact that these these things, these events that happen are, 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 are something that we constantly have to worry about. I mean, something I, I think, I mean, I was on campus yesterday and I, I heard something, it sounded like someone dropped like a pallet or something like that, but it, it sounded similar to a gunshot. And I mean, I was like head on a swivel instantly and, and I could tell yeah. everyone around me. And just last August, the same too. way, just last August yeah. too on it, campus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was locked down in my, in a classroom when that shit happened. I mean, Robert was too. So, well, I was locked in the newsroom actually because we were covering Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it. Although I did kind of want to mention that Jack brought up statistics. I do think like, yeah, just just seeing the stats doesn't mean as much. I think as seeing like photos and videos, but it is always interesting to see when stats are used in like haunting ways. Uh, like the Washington Post's front page on Monday was incredible. I shared it on Twitter if you'd like to see it. But what they did is they had a graphic of like, uh, it was like a timeline of all the major shootings that have happened in the past oh, like, yeah. 30, 40 I saw years. that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, there was, like, lines above that was number of deaths and lines below that was number of injured. And the graphic ends at the right side ending of, like, where the story is on the page. And they use the line for, like, number of injured from this Las Vegas shooting as the column divider because it's that long compared to the rest of, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's worth looking at on uh, on my Twitter if you want to check it out. Like, it really kind of puts into perspective if you're more of a statistics person, 
like how bad this whole thing is. Uh, so I think with that somber note, we're going to close out for this week's episode. Uh, so thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next Thursday.